Elijah Simpson Sweeney. Good morning to you, Alex Pearson here on 640 Toronto. He is what I would call the poster child for everything currently wrong with our judicial system. So this is a guy, Sweeney, who was arrested Friday, is now charged with two counts of attempt murder and assault in connection to an incident that happened back in Peel Region in December uh, 14th. Question is, when you start reading through this guy's uh, rap sheet, is how on earth was he out at all? Because at the time of his arrest, he was on a release order for a separate attempt murder and firearm offenses. He's wanted by Toronto police for a separate attempt murder and second degree murder charges dating back to 2020. So here's a guy with a very clear history of violence. He shouldn't have been released. And yet, like so many others, it's, you know, the cops go and get them, pick them up. And they're out on the streets right after they get locked up. You know, what is the point of taking them off the streets if they're just going to get back on the streets? This is something John Tory is now pushing for change on. Finally, we're starting to have the conversation that it is time to bring back reforms to things like bail. Uh, But again, how many more examples of this do we need? Let me bring Dave Perry into the conversation. 640 Toronto security analyst and former Toronto police officer, homicide detective at that. Happy New Year, Dave. Happy New Year. So let's talk a little bit. Of, so I saw this um, over the weekend, this, this uh, rap sheet of this guy. And it's, you know, like I'd say I'm, I'm surprised by it, but I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm, there's probably, there's, I know there's many more of these guys. You know, you, you describe him as the poster boy for this kind of, you know, breakdown in our justice system. But Alex, we could put posters of these guys that would span right across the city of Toronto. This is the new normal that unless you do something that is so shocking and, you know, for example, a, a first degree murder charge and so on, you, you have a high likelihood that you're going to get bail in this country. Well, even with the first degree murder state. charge, you're getting it. I mean, you kill a cop, you you can still get bail. We saw that earlier uh, last year when someone, uh, you know, accused of killing a police officer, a former colleague of yours. I mean, you know, he got bail. And yeah. again, you know, we weren't allowed a lot of details from the judge on it, but no one charged with first degree murder in this country should ever be allowed bail, especially someone who kills an officer. Yeah, I agree. I, I suspect there's something so different about that particular case, and that doesn't minimize anything that happened to somebody I knew. Um, that that bail was granted on that one case. Typically, it's not going to happen on a first-degree murder, especially a police officer, but everything else seems to be open. And here's the thing. Um, you know, our bail, I'm not pretending to be a lawyer, but from a, a police officer's perspective, we are all trained on when we should ask for somebody be held in custody and you know flight risk is a big one uh, continuation of the offense or potentially somebody that's going to just jump right back in and have a record you know that's usually enough proof you're out on gun charges you're back in on gun charges that's usually it right there you're going to stay in jail until your next trial but that just doesn't seem to be happening or working any longer and and everything we're seeing should really offend and probably uh, anger the, the you know the general population that this is what's roaming around in our communities. It's this. This is not a coincidence that we've had police officers murdered by mm-hmm. people out on, on these kinds of bails, and now we have this case and many, many other cases of violent people roaming our streets on bails. Yeah. The, the system is broken. The alarm should be ringing very, very loud, and we need to fix this sooner than later. Well, that was a problem. I mean, I saw it when I was covering courts well, 10, 15 years ago. It's like you cover the courts and you go to the bail hearings and you just see this revolving door of people getting out. And, you know, as long as they really have the surety, the person that can, I guess, guarantee that they'll behave, 
I mean, even those people, Dave, and, and I don't need to explain it to you, a lot of them are not qualified to make sure that the person or the offender that they're now uh, securing, they're not generally the best people, but they no. have the money and they're there and then they're left to, uh, you know, deal with these people. But even that whole system's broken. But what is the fix? Because a lot of people will say, look, we don't need more cops. I disagree. I think we need a whole bunch of things. I think we need more cops, but we also need more courts. Um, so how would you overhaul this? I mean, we should be creating a court, a bail court that just deals with gun crimes. Well, I agree. And, you know, I think that's where we start. You know, it has to be at, at the justice level. I mean, the police can only do what the police can do. And the police clearly are arresting a lot of people for violent crimes and gun crimes and so on. And then they're feeling frustrated and they're throwing their hands up in the air wondering why are we even bothering because we get them to court and they get released. So that's where it has to start. There has to be reforms at, at the justice level, at the court level. Here's the biggest challenge is, listen, I, I'm not somebody who's anti uh, our constitution. In fact, just the opposite. Mm-hmm. Our, our constitution is being eroded so badly in the court systems that, you know, for example, finally, after many years, if you were charged with, you know, serial murders or more than one murder, finally in this country, you could actually uh, have somebody sentenced consecutively rather than concurrently. In other words, if you did two murders, that's 50 years minimum, right, before you could uh, apply for bail. Well, that's all that's been beaten down by by uh, challenges to the charter. It's been deemed unconstitutional. So we're back where we were. If you kill one person, you might as well kill three, four or five because your eligibility for parole is still the same. It's 25 years. And that sort of filters right down through the entire system, you know, gun crimes and break and enters and robberies and sexual assaults. It's impacting everything. And it just seems like year after year, it's more difficult to keep people in until they're supposed to be going to court, which is supposed to be part of the system to protect all of us. It's a big uh, public safety component. And then sentencing has been watered down to the point where it's it's absolutely ridiculous. It, it, I can't even imagine uh, what victims of violence must feel these days when they've gone through what they've gone through, then they have to go through it all over again, going to court. They see their offender being released on bail. They go to court, they get a slap on the wrist. So that's the whole system is broken. In my opinion, it needs a complete overhaul. Yeah. Victims of crime and violence. I mean, they've always been an afterthought in the current system, which, which has always really bothered me and and it's even becoming uh, worse, but you know, there are a number of things that have to happen. And, and I, we hear the talk, Dave, but we just don't actually see the walk of it. So we know we need new bail courts. We know we need those tougher bail, certainly on gun charges. Certainly if you've got like a track record like this guy, there's just no question. You're not getting out, uh, period. Right. Uh, those just should be assumed. But then we need like mental health services, you know, which is not going to be a few million dollars. We need a whole system built. We also need programs, mentorship programs. And I think back to those days when Dave Miller and, you know, we were covering off the summer of the gun back in 2005. Uh, all the words we heard about, you know, we're going to invest in these communities. We're going to get mentorship programs. We're going to make sure they have community groups and we help lift these lower um, marginalized communities. Nothing got done. It was just talk. And here we are in 2022, and we still haven't really done much. Uh, so we have failed, I think, in many, many areas. It's not a one-pronged approach, but we're not doing any of it. Yeah, you're right. And we've failed in, in even in the way we've allowed politicians to treat our police services over the years. I mean, you just all you have to do is look at and listen, I'm not here to beat up on John Tory. I happen to like a lot of things about John Tory and the way he manages the city. But all you had to do is Google uh, him and uh, and street checks, and you'll go back and see that 
what he did, unfortunately, is he led with his heart, not not with what would be a practical um, plan going forward on, on how you make sort of both sides of the equation happy. You know, you've got a fundamental uh, tool that police officers have been using for decades to to manage especially violent crime and to gather intelligence and so on. And you've got some segments of the community that are highly offended by that, uh, are being overrepresented if you believe the statistics and so on. It, what happened is we just threw the whole thing out. Mm-hmm. It, it, well, well of, Chief it, Saunders, I mean, he could have been a real difference maker. And he, he, he if, if I recall it right, he was the one that allowed a lot of those programs to fold up. Well, he initially fought, but I think, you know, in, in that particular period of time, and we've seen other periods of time like that since, it was, you know, it was political suicide to, to sort of push back the other way. And listen, the streets have changed so much. We, we said it publicly, and I, I said it publicly, and you said it, and police officers have said it. Here's the problem. People are afraid to say it these days. They're afraid that they're going to be, you know, called a, a, a racist or or something else for just speaking how they feel. And you know what? When Andrew Hong was murdered back in September, an officer who I knew, I just decided I'm, I'm not going to be one of those people. I'm not afraid to speak my mind any longer. And we broke the system. We did it wrong in, in terms of policing. We're not supporting our police officers. We're not allowing them to go out and do their jobs. And and the results, we all predicted that back in 2015 are here today, and we've watched it escalate over the last seven years to the, the point where the gangs are running the streets. You know, I've said it and I'm going to say it again. They're running around in vehicles with impunity, carrying firearms, shoot ups wherever they want to have them. And, uh, and they're, they're running the streets and somehow, and, and maybe this is the time the public needs to get angry and start demanding from our politicians that they support the police. And we start giving them some of their tools back and, and taking care of this problem. Because if it was, uh, before all of this happened in 2015, and I was still on the job, somebody said to me, Dave, we've got a shooting in a gang area, and it needs to be you know, under control. I know exactly what I would have done, who I would have got to do it, as every other police officer does, and we would manage that situation quite well. Would some people be upset or offended? Probably. There always is. But that's the point that we have to get beyond, where we're not afraid to police our cities um, based on a few people being offended. We have to yeah. we have to police our cities based on public safety and, and going after going after crime. Yeah. Right. If a crime is in a particular area, and guess what? In that particular area, there's a lot of good people in that community who are trapped there and want the police to come in. But we're listening to the squeaky wheel, and we're changing policy, and we're we're causing harm to our city. So that's in a nutshell how I feel about that particular piece. Yeah, pandering to the activists. If they want to exactly. run the show, then they can run for government. But uh, until then. Uh, something's got to change, and I hope we are starting to get to that point. Appreciate it, Dave. Thank you, and a happy new year to you. Happy year. Happy new year, and always a pleasure. Thank you. That's Dave Perry, and uh, I do hope that this is finally kind of a moment of change, because you only need to read that guy's rap sheet. He's just one of many, 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 many out there just running around, and he'll probably get bail again. That's That's the thing. He'll go in, and he'll probably get bailed. That is the irony.